0: Take two.
1: and welcome to i've got a beatles podcast with dave and chris and we're very excited today because we're recording this is the first time we're recording internationally uh via skype uh and i am currently in the czech republic in brno and chris is back in chicago so uh sounding okay over there chris
2: yeah you sound great you're you're the translation tools working. It sounds like in perfect English. Yes, because usually Dave's been speaking uh, uh, Czech.
1: I'm trying language. Yes, I'm trying. So it's it's difficult, but uh, yeah, it's we're we're excited. We're back at it here. You've also,
2: uh, I see you're in your uh, nightcap. And your uh, jammies yes. ready, ready, ready <laughs> to hit, hit the sack right after we're done recording. Pretty much,
0: yeah.
1: Whereas I've had my morning coffee and I'm ready, ready to go. So. Yep, we're on a nice <laughs> seven hour delay here, so <laughs> I'm looking at darkness outside, and Chris is—I can see bright sunshine back there, so or at least well, yeah, it's a, made, it's made a reflection bright. off of the
2: uh, foot of
1: snow that we. Oh kept. yeah.
2: We got yes. here, in Chicago proper. So uh, very exciting.
1: So well, we're back at it, and we thought, what better way to to mark our return to uh, recording our podcast, but doing a song under the microscope? And it's actually uh, a little bit deceiving because it's not just one song, but it's we're going to call it one song in our our title here, and that's Revolution. And we're going to look specifically at Revolution One. And Revolution the single,
2: we'll spare you. Revolution 9. For,
1: yes, for we're, we'll, we'll get. Well, like we were saying before the show, maybe episode four hundred and thirty-six will be uh, <laughs> Revolution Nine, but uh, we'll mention it because it is part of the story a little bit. But we're going to really focus on Revolution One, and then the, the the single that came out actually came out before the. Revolution one which was recorded strangely the chronology is all over the place because it was the first song Recorded for the white album yet came out late and then there in the middle We had this fast single and it changed and all that stuff So we're gonna get into the history and the analysis and uh, dig into this tune So what I'm always curious uh, when we start these things What was your initial? reaction to Revolution before we decided to start analyzing it and you've been digging in. What what have you thought about the song? Uh,
2: Revolution, the single particularly, has always fallen into a category of Beatles songs. I've just been way overexposed to it. And so it kind of, at a certain point, birthday is another (laughs) one, you know, like at a certain point, it sort of loses its juice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for me, and it's almost all of uh, the catalog of uh, Led Zeppelin has done that, too. Yeah. It's sort of like, I'm like, Black Dog, I can't even... It's uh, just, I've heard it way, way, way too much. Yeah. And it sort of kind of loses its, its uh, uh, flavor. Plus, as we'll, <laughs> as we'll get into, when we get to our uh, uh, cover versions seg- segment of the episode, every single cover version of this, other than the few I'm going to play, it's just like this exactly note for note, the mm. same song. And it's been covered a million times yeah, yeah. by a million different people. So it's just like uh, uh, not quite – it doesn't pack the punch uh, emotionally as as it used to for me. I mm-hmm. don't know. Oh, how do you feel about
1: it? Uh, pretty similar, actually. Uh, it's, it's one of those tunes that uh, if you're going to have a classic rock radio station and play Beatles on it, it's always it, – it, to me, I kind of compare it to Come Together it's those are the two songs that you always hear revolution and come together both you know good songs on their own but they've just been really overplayed uh, and so I, it's it's interesting here I always thought the Revolution one was a little bit of a secret in a way because unless you had the white album you probably didn't know it and mm-hmm. at least the general fans so it had some additional interest to it but I think it's I think it stands out to me also because of its message, and it was really an overt uh, uh, political song, kind of the first Beatles song that was really that way. And for all, I think you'll get into that, and we can discuss the politics of it, because I've, I've, in fact, wrote a co-wrote an article uh, with a coll- former colleague about John Lennon's political music, and we discussed this song quite a bit, so... I'll be interested to hear your thoughts about it too so it's it's been kind of a I want 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 to say overlooked but i i it's been overplayed so that's maybe why it's overlooked
2: yeah the way it's been ha- handled over time has been sort of like like you feel like the cover versions of it are are maybe missing the point of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah or sort of like substituting it for just generally just the word revolution <laughs> instead of what the song really is trying to talk where, where it's coming from from john lennon's mm-hmm. point of view mm-hmm. and and obviously when we get into the lyrics we'll get into that
1: yeah definitely so a little the the facts about the song here so it was recorded as i mentioned revolution one was actually the first song recorded for the white album and it was recorded back in may and june of 1968 and then it was the i remember some years ago there was a uh the the tape leaked of revolution not take number 20 and you can still hear it on youtube and find it but it was an extended version of revolution 1 and it had some of the revolution 9 stuff uh overdubbed and added to the end of it so that that was kind of interesting when it came out so you had that and then you had the actual single of the song, which came out uh, on August 30th, 1968 in the UK and August 26th in the US. And that was recorded in July. So in, so we had a couple of takes and a couple of versions <laughs> before it even came out.
2: Yeah. So that was an interesting evolution. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it, I think, was this... Being the white album was the start of some Beatles not being into the other Beatles' tunes, right. And revolution John was really into. It was his song. Mm-hmm. But I guess Paul wasn't that hot on it. And particularly when they got to a point where they're talking about what single do we do, and John wanted revolution to be the single. Uh, according to m- multiple sources, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Paul was sort of like, "Nah, it's too slow." It's and George, I guess, too. George was, was like, real nah, down on it too. It was yeah, no, nah, this is this is isn't very good. Yeah. Uh, so thank goodness that that happened, that they didn't yeah. release Revolution One as a single. Oh my god! That- <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the fast version really is a lot. I mean, it really rocks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It does. <laughs> you
2: know, uh, so, and, and uh, it improves it and focuses it and they drop the word in. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's sort of like fully buying into the point of the song. So let's talk a little bit about revolution one. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you got some, you got the take two. Yep. <laughs> you got that. Yep. Got a little false start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the the interesting thing though when you compare the two with revolution 1 and the the single is that they're both different grooves musically and so we'll we'll start with revolution 1 and so you have uh it's very s- like slow bluesy uh kind of feel whereas the the single is a hard rocking uh and it's like very s- I don't know slack is kind of the way I would put it kind of like laid back and slack. Uh,
2: well, yeah, the the perfect example of that is the horn parts. Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like these long hold notes. Hold really. notes, like,
1: yeah. Bah, bah. Yeah, and I, I would comment and say this is not George Martin's most innovative and interesting horn scoring <laughs> Uh, uh yeah they kind of detract from the tune actually to me it's sort of like get annoying after a while like why are you playing just ba? yeah so yeah but in terms of the music itself there's not a whole lot to it it's really just a verse and a chorus back and yeah. forth and they blues. do we
2: do get this get to this point and and the reason it works is because the what came before it dr- ran out of gas and yeah. really drags. <laughs> but you get that boom, 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 boom. Yes. Bah, yes. Bah, bah, da, da, da. And then it's like, uh, and then you go into sort of a fun, you know, we've talked a lot about Paul histriotics. <laughs> but this is like a classic John histriotics yeah. here where we yeah. get, that,
0: oh, 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 oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He gets it into it. Like and part of it could be that he he was sit he was lying on the floor during the the recording of this. So l- trying for a different vocal sound and so maybe he was I don't know, getting into it somehow on the floor. There's a picture of him recording it on the floor. Uh you can find that in a lot of Beatles books, but uh do you think it really changes his voice a whole lot? Uh no. No. <laughs> Not really. No. But I it's, I guess the big question you come up with since the music is fairly simple it does have that cool riff do 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 uh but apart from that it's just kind of blues uh, wh- what do you think of the message that is conveyed cuz the lyrics are most almost the same uh, but the lyrics in Revolution 1 and the the effect that it gets uh with that kind of slow slack groove
2: um, I, I don't think it's as effective in the slow version for sure. If we ranked the two of them uh, against each other, part part of it's the part of it's the music, yeah. But the 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 lyrics in the first one don't really settle in, you know, as as much as it doesn't f- it doesn't feel like a revolution. No, it. <laughs> you know, it feels like talking about a revolution. Isn't
1: that a Tracy Chapman song? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Don't you know, talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in, in, uh, a good example is Vulture. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's there's lists all over the place of, of top Beatles songs. Uh, Vulture did one that's every Beatles song. So they've, they've got them all ranked, and they ranked uh, the slow version here, Revolution One, the 167th Ooh, best. Ouch! <laughs> song. Whereas they were they the fast version, they ranked 58th. Mm, okay, big so, difference. Yeah. So a uh,
1: uh, big difference, big yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's maybe that? It, it sounds like in Revolution One that it's not very serious because you have the horns, you have the 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 bluesy feel, you have the shooby doo was. Uh, yeah, doesn't, the shooby doo yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel committed, maybe, the lyrics. Yeah.
2: Well, in, and the big difference between that everyone talks about between the two of them is the out in. Right. right. Like the, the one version says, when you talk about destruction, don't you know you can count me out in? Mm-hmm. So he's like, sort of like, eh, I don't know. Contradicting, <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe I'll be into destruction. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the fast version, there's no in. No, you know, it's like it's like uh, uh, count me out of that. We'll get into that a little bit more. Sure. C- coming up. So the single I, I, ranked uh, uh, elsewhere. Rolling Stone has it as their number 13th best Beatles Ooh. song of all time. That's wow. pretty little bit high, if you ask me. Yeah. Um. And then Sirius XM recently did a fan uh poll, mm-hmm. and the fans of the Sirius XM Beatles channel are, I would assume, all diehard Beatles fans. Yeah. <laughs> and that it, it was 26th. Okay. On that's the
1: that's a little more... So I'd say
2: that's about, that's a right, right in the pocket where I'd expect to see it. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. The difference is, there's a huge difference musically that the the blues, ver- the slow version is in A, and then the the other version is up a step uh, in B, and it's it works really well, the slow version works really well, because it is very bluesy, and you can have an open string for the a, but it, it's raised up a step. So I think to me that gives it more energy and, mm-hmm. and it gives it more of a, like John has to sing a little higher and a little more, give it a little bit more to make it happen. So yeah. I think that's a huge difference. Also, there's another musician on the, the single version who is not on the uh, revolution one version. That would be Nikki Hopkins on electric piano. And yeah. Yeah. What do you think of his contribution? Does that add a lot to the sound?
2: Yeah, it, it makes it, I mean, it, compared to those hordes, he <laughs> took off those hordes and he replaced it with uh, Nicky Hopkins, sort of like, at one point it's sort of like a <laughs> kind of uh, uh, sound there. It's pretty yeah. cool.
1: He gets a pretty solo. Great. It's kind of like a little solo, too.
2: Of yeah. course, so we also get a, a sort of a noise guitar, blistering guitar rock solo. Right. I guess all the engineers were so pissed at them for the single version of this because they were like really distorting and plugging yeah. in directly into the board and all kinds of
1: stuff, blowing like out that. the speakers and stuff, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it definitely has a different feel and uh, some musical changes that that make it improved in my opinion. Certainly. Yeah,
2: I wanted to play a little clip from the uh, Beatles one. Uh, plus a uh, video collection that uh, we talked about a, a few years ago. This was one of the highlights of it. And I guess the original of this probably uh, was played on uh, yeah. David Frost. Yes. So they, at this point, you know, they weren't touring. So they would put out some videos. Uh, but this one's sort of a, like a live kind of live version of, uh, in a way. And particularly what you can hear is sort of the in between revolution there's some elements of revolution one that creep into this so i was gonna, I'm going to start this at about 2 minutes in <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you you can hear Paul's like more into it. Yeah, well, that, the <laughs> vocals the vocals were live, so uh, you could uh, the rest of the music was was already pre recorded. Uh yeah. But but you could tell, yeah, like they really got into it, and Paul was giving it some good screaming, Paul there, uh, <laughs> and and George was even into it. I, I think it. Uh, there's some. There's a funny look John gives some funny looks at the end to the camera and. Uh, you could tell they're into it, so it, it's kind of a hybrid of the two versions.
2: Yeah, mostly uh, the the new version, but they they throw some shooby doo waz in there. Yeah, them. yeah, exactly. uh, and it kind of works because it's like they're into it and it's fun. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. sort of a, 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 a like like we said, sort of a half live version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I like it.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because I was reading some quotes from John. Uh, about it and he was uh, like you, you had mentioned earlier that John and or Paul and George were down on this tune and then <laughs> I think it was an interview and he said something like uh, oh yeah they must have released you know I, I was so angry because I wanted this song released and they didn't want it we released what was it hello goodbye or something oh no it was hey Jude oh that's okay oh yeah I guess that was <laughs> a good choice too but <laughs> <laughs> he, so he just couldn't couldn't let it go, uh, but yeah, I mean this was released with as the B side of Hey Jude that the fast version. And How do you yeah. think it fits on that uh, as a pairing? I mean it's just kind of the one of the iconic Beatles singles, the first Apple single, and works well. But do you think they yeah. complement each other well?
2: Well, yeah. And the, what what kind of bang for your buck are you getting with that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. single, you know. Yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe you don't really think of them as fitting together. But I don't know how. What do you? How do you think about it?
1: It shows again the two very distinctive sides of John and Paul. You've got Paul with the uh, one of his best lyrics and a ballad and beautiful melody that everybody knows. And then on the other side, you have rock and John, and yeah. kind of in your face with this political song. So. Uh, it gets yeah. good, yeah. Very good, descriptive. Better than a lot of singles, I think. It really shows the two strong personalities of John and Paul. Well, uh,
2: I wanted to before we get into the uh, lyrical analysis, uh, I wanted to bring up something which is the uh, Nike ad
1: controversy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that controversy. Yeah.
2: So you know, this came in 1987, and I, I if you don't look at song facts very often. Uh, if you're ever thinking about a particular song and you want to look at song, the website song facts, I find it to be uh, pretty good. Uh, and it has a good little description of uh, this Nike thing. So they, in 1987, they had an uh, ad campaign called Revolution in Motion. And they started using uh, Revolution. Michael Jackson, of course, yes. gave them the... Uh, Gave him the go-ahead to do this, and of course, there's a huge backlash from Beatles fans that
1: mm. uh, like he's disrespecting the legacy <laughs> of John Lennon by <laughs> using this. I remember that that was a, a big deal at the time, and because uh, it was the first time the Beatles had ever been licensed for use, and it happened to be in a shoe ad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. Was it really? Now you look back, and it just looks really ridiculous, but. Uh, At the at the time, yeah,
2: yeah, it was it was the fans like hated it, and then Yoko sued them. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and they uh, there was a settlement, but I mean the ads ran for a year. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not like people bought less Nikes, so uh, you know (laughs) it was sort of. Sometimes we get into a big fervor about like you know one of the famous uh, scenes in the movie The Doors is. Jim Morrison, like, being like, eh, using our music for ads is, you know, d- destroys the Selling music. Selling out and stuff, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I, I I, don't take it as seriously, personally. I'm sort of like, if you don't like it, you just... Now, there's a lot of commercials I don't like. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's you true. So,
1: yeah. If I got so upset about every one of them, it would be. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Well, again, maybe it's partially because of the lyrical content, which I know is where we want to head next here, and that it, it, because it is uh, something that, that I think about with this song. I think a lot with the political message, but this is a song that I feel could not have been written, or well, not written, but released if Brian Epstein were still alive, uh, because this he was really wary of the Beatles speaking out politically. And doing that, but after he died, uh, they had more freedom to do that, and so I think John felt liberated to some extent, and then he could do that so uh yeah, i don't know if you thought about that or just the the political implications at the time
2: well, I think john and and Brian had started getting into some discussions where it was sort of like John was like, "You know what? I need to talk about some of yeah. this thing. yeah and and of course, Brian was like, "No, no, no you'll." Well, like they could do anything to destroy their career. They'd already had like their records burned in the streets of Alabama. I don't I think. I don't think like they coming out and, saying, and like, "Hey, I don't like the war," is gonna, is going to ruin the Beatles' career or anything. No, right? no, and take a chill pill. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, what I, until I, until I really started getting into the the analysis of this. You forget one essential thing. Beatles lyrics, Hunter Davies, you know, we reference this a lot. And I just want to read one little short paragraph. The final message of the song, that it's going to be all right, also infuriated the diehard revolutionaries who felt John had sold out and was just another rich pop star. So that's where yes. that, that, and the fact that the, the, some of the lyrics are sort of like, hey, it's basically aimed at left- wing revolutionaries saying like, hey, you know, you're going too far if you if you're fighting violence with violence, are you doing anything?" But yeah. I wanna I, I just want to bring the attention back to that it started the song was written on a meditation <laughs> retreat <laughs> That's true, where uh, John Lennon is, is, is getting in touch with a different kind of thing, which is uh, that things are going to be okay. And, mm-hmm. and peace is really where it's at. So, so let's in that, in that vein, let's listen to the Escher tape mm-hmm. uh, version of this. Cause it's really kind of a, a gives you a different feel for the, the tune and, and the at least the origins of the tune wait for- Yeah, so there's a little bit of the Escher uh, demo
1: of that. So, so uh, what do you think? What do you think about all that, Dave? Quite a different feel. It, it, to me, it's kind of in the in between, uh, the Revolution One and the single version, kind of right in the middle, the sweet spot there. But it, it sounds like very much a song that you would sing at a campfire or like a lot of people sitting around in India, for example. Uh, you know, after dinner, bringing the guitars out sounds like a song that you could sing as a folk song or not, you know, sort of a sing along thing. And that it's the spirit of it's going to be all right if we all work together and and yeah, have a spirit of peace.
2: Yeah. A few a few other things here. Uh, one's from uh, Rolling Stone from that uh, uh, where they ranked it. Uh, number 13. John Lennon uh, said in uh, the 1980 interview with Rolling Stone, the lyrics stand today. They're still my feeling about politics. I want to see the plan. I want to know what you're going to do after you've knocked it all down. I mean, Uh, can't we use some of it? What's the point of bombing Wall Wall Street? If you want to change the system, change the system. It's no good shooting people. hmm. (laughs) Uh, With that being directed at sort of the more fringe left-wing groups of the time in 1967-68. And then uh, uh, I thought this was – in in 1980 – I'm sorry, 1998 interview with Uncut, Yoko gave her thoughts on uh, Lennon's approach. Uh, This is also, I found, in Song Facts. Uh, John's idea of revolution was that he did not want to create the situation where you destroy statues, then you become a statue. And also what he means that it, there's no, there's too much repercussion in the usual form of revolution. He preferred evolution. <laughs> <When> you, <laughs> you have to take a peaceful method to get peace rather than you don't care what method you take to get peace. Hmm. He very, very adamant about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it really made me think about this uh, uh, song and why I I can understand why if you're if you've bought into oh I'm gonna be an anarchist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in nineteen sixty eight and then you hear this song and it's like I hate this song
1: you know so yeah that's a great point and I'll, I'll just be very brief about this because as I said I already wrote uh, an article about this and I can link it. Uh, if anybody would be interested in reading, uh, but the point, this song is always linked with the Rolling Stones' uh, "Street Fighting Man," which uh, the the radicals of the time thought was much more sincere, and that the Stones really got it, and that Lenin was a wuss. And he was living in his nice, you know, rich mansions and, in England. And uh, he wasn't really committed to the whole thing, which is why I feel like when they later, after some of the flack, maybe, I wonder if maybe he felt that conflict. That's why he said the out in, in the uh, White Album version. But there's a lot of uh, really interesting stuff because Lennon started hanging out with a lot of radical people in the late sixties and early seventies. And it wasn't seen too kindly, actually, uh, the peace idea with black Panthers and, uh, it was some really serious, violent, uh, groups going on at the time. So yeah, it was yeah. people like I'm with the stones because you know, they're, they're on it. They're serious. They're fighting in the streets. Well, and I think you're
2: getting some of that again. Yeah.
1: History uh, uh, repeating
2: in, itself. In, in current times, you've got people who are like, "No, we need to, you know, we need to go after these people and get get them out of here, mm-hmm. and that kind of, you know, that kind of thing." Or, or are you going to be on the side of a, a person who's like, "No, we need to come together, and we need to be more peaceful. We need to find commonality between people, and we need to, you know, I, I one of his famous quotes, uh, John Lennon said." Don't have a reference for this, but uh, it's like, you'll find me on the battlefield with a flower. Right, right. Basically, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. you know, so you you can't just fight, you know, communism. What, what, you know, And we haven't even mentioned (laughs) the song really is about the Vietnam War. Yes. (laughs) and, And that you're fighting a communist, what you feel like is a threat. By killing, or like going to war with them and killing people, is that better or is it much worse?
1: Right.
0: right. <laughs> you know? Exactly.
1: So, yeah. Think so. about the context of the times, because yeah, 1968, there was a lot going on. It was one of the worst years of the Vietnam War, and and there was much more demonstrating and fighting about it and dissent. So now uh, this was his way of getting in there so yeah i think he was in a way he's trying to say the only way we can really change the system is to be in the system and change it from within not just go and bomb it that doesn't doesn't yeah. fix anything so burn, makes,
2: do we need to burn down congress right now or yeah. do we need to, to elect people who you know more more reflect your views and and uh Things of that nature, right? So, so. Got
1: vote. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So it's a complicated uh, thing. But you know, when you hear it as a kid, you're just like, "Oh, that's a cool rock song." Yeah, it's a
1: cool rock song. And custom. like, yeah,
2: revolution. Right. Right. Gonna, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you're not really, <laughs> you're not really that. getting it. No. So no. that that's how I feel about most of these. Uh, to transition to the cover version. Yes. Yes. It's like I'm not sure that most of these guys get it. But but uh no. certainly the brothers 4 probably didn't get it. We played that before. We're not going to play that one, but that's uh if you heard our uh, worst beatle covers uh, episode, that was a highlight. That was, was one t- of my
1: favorites of all time, I think. Talk about <laughs> completely not getting the message at all. <laughs> the brothers yeah. 4. But I but you've got some Chris, is, Chris has a real knack for Digging up not just obscure cover versions, but kind of unique or uh, ones that are, are, like you said, a little bit different. Because, yeah, it's not that exciting to hear a group just play the song straight through as it is on the record. So uh, I'm very curious what you've dug up for this tune. Well, I'm going to
2: play four or five here. Well, uh, I, I might call an audible here and play a fifth one. I wanted to mention these. Here are some of the uninspiring versions. (laughs) One is uh, Stereophonics. If you remember Stereophonics. Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, yeah. With the late, uh, great uh, Scott Whelan. I could see that. Uh, The Swingle Sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Heavy metal band Trickster. Uh, and then a the sort of interesting uh, instrumental version uh, from Soul Live, uh, but but uh, most of those are uh, take it or leave it. The biggest success uh, as far as a cover version. I think is probably the Thompson Twins. You remember mm. the Thompson Twins? Oh yeah, back in from the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hold me now, being their yep. biggest hit. That was the big one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved uh, uh, this. I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but I'm I'm like a extreme connoisseur of eighties pop hits from say about 1982, 83 to like 86, mm. like. Uh if it was a top 40 song I know I know it by heart. Banana like Bananarama. Banana <laughs> Yep. Kaja Gugu. <Yep>. Kaja Gugu, Eurhythmics, <laughs> yeah. all those all those type of groups. Mm-hmm. Uh well this is uh the Thompson Twins. Uh uh from their album Here's to Future Days. Uh they would play this at Live Aid actually with Madonna playing damper. <laughs> wow <laughs> and they changed the lyrics in the live a version to we all want to feed the world uh, of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i won't play that version because uh, this is a little uh better sounding uh here's uh thompson twins
1: There's a little Thompson Twins. There's what do you think of that one? Some serious 80s guitar effects bow, bow, with the harmonics and everything in there. I love it. <laughs> but sounds good. It's got a good feel to it. I like the, the groove. Yeah. Uh,
2: one of our touchstones for uh, Beatles covers, of course, is the I Am Sam <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a, a song, uh, Revolution, on there by Granddaddy who like indie indie uh group uh i think it's a one guy one of those where like Bon, bon is really one guy oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Granddaddy's said uh, similar uh to that uh uh and a very interesting version
3: you say you wanna
1: So there's granddad. Really interesting. It's like the two different songs. I mean, the like you know, completely change the melody of the verse, and then it locks in and kicks into the the uh, the actual chorus. So pretty yeah. interesting. Very indie sounding. Yeah, I'm like, uh, thanks
2: for doing something with it. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're gonna cover it, like you know. Yeah, do something do, different. Do, do something different. Uh, this one does a little something different. This is. Uh, a group called Tantra uh, from their album Branco Volume 2 a Beatles 68 tribute and this is actually a cover of Revolution 1 ooh <laughs>
1: Yeah. Tantra. So Tantra. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the, the Revolution 1 feel, but it has a lot more energy than the Beatles version does. So it's got a, like a better forward motion energy to it. So, uh, The bi- biggest group in the world right now
2: is Imagine Dragons. And <laughs> part of the reason is because you can't hear any commercial without hearing <laughs> an Imagine Dragons song behind it. Uh, Believer, I guess, would be their biggest hit. Um, and, uh, they played, they, right before they kind of hit it big, they were in that Grammy's tribute to the Beatles Mm, in 2014 and they did a really good version of revolution. Let's give it a listen.
1: Oh, it's okay. that's sort of generic, a little bit to me, but uh, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I, I'd be remiss to not
2: play what the popular kids are listening to. Yeah, absolutely,
1: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, and so, the for the final one, it's a pick 'em, Dave. You you get to choose. Ooh, okay, okay. Door number one, Rascal Flats. <laughs> door number two, Billy Joel. Uh, door number three, The Minions. From the movie Minions. Uh, door number four. Do you remember. It's Speaking of 80s uh, 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 pop outfits. Do you remember Mike
1: and the Mechanics? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want? Wow. That, oh, an embarrassment of riches again here. <laughs> I think uh, Rascal Flats probably would have the most uh, unusual uh, take on it. I'm guessing since their style is quite different than the others. So I'm curious. Yeah. Well here's Rascal Flats <laughs> from, from their I never the, thought
0: I'd say that the first this. and only time.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> from their album
2: Still Feels Good Uh with Revolution
1: were <laughs> Yeah. There have been some uh, decent country covers of Beatles songs in the past, I think. I'm not yeah. sure I'd put that up there, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, boy. At least they gave it a whirl. So, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> we're going to um, be, uh, after we get off here, listening to the Mike of the Mechanics and the Billy Joel. Too. yeah
1: Oh, so I can't wait. So. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, the one last thing I wanted to say is, of course, the, once again, the mono version, it, it packs an extra punch. There's yeah. even Glennon saying somewhere that, like, oh, the mono version is rocking, and the stereo version kind of takes, takes a little bit of the energy out of the song. Right. Uh, so, Candidate? Hint, hint,
1: hint. <laughs> Giles Martin's yes. new stereo version of it, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because right now the only way you can get the mono Revolution would be to have mono masters, I think, or the yeah. uh, the original yes. single. It was released one of there was a mono version of the single released, but it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of rare now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. So any any other thoughts on Revolution?
1: No, it's been interesting to listen to it again and and uh dig in and and look at some of the differences, but I think the message is still pretty relevant today and uh the the sentiments are pretty relevant and it does the the single version does still rock pretty hard if you haven't heard it in a while. It still uh does sound pretty great. So,
2: yeah. If you haven't seen that video version, it's it's available on YouTube. Yeah. Definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. Seek out the mono version if you can find it. Yeah. Or if you've got that mono vinyl box set that I've always been wanting. Me too. (laughs) Maybe if I get my tax refund, maybe (laughs) that's what I'm going to spend it on, if I can find one still around. Yeah. You know, and I think both of us being, and probably many of our listeners, I don't know, maybe this is your favorite Beatles song, but... It probably falls into that category of a little bit overrated, mm-hmm. just based on we've heard it so much. Yeah, couldn't yeah. possibly be underrated. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, no,
1: no. And it's very much of its time, too. I think, in in some ways. All right. Well, very good. I think this is. Uh, it's good to be back at it here across the pond. Yep. So Get bedtime for Dave. It's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I'm going to make sure if we have any check listeners, uh, please send me a, send us an email at I've got a Beatles podcast at hotmail.com dot com. And uh, I will try to uh, meet up with you or make contact with you so while I'm here until July. So that would be great. And I'm also, of course, teaching a Beatles class. So uh, the first day of class, I will post I've got a Beatles podcast as something everyone must subscribe to if they want to pass the class.
2: <laughs> awesome! Yes, that that, uh, that I love I love it. Yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll go out as we always do with the uh, uh long version of the single. Of course, let's uh, uh give an extra listen to see uh, if you can hear some cool Nicky Hopkins uh, uh tinkling the old ivories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so.